Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park The following podcast is going to contain spoilers along with me, just a regular guy, talking about all the things I love, such as comics, movies, television, music, and books. So yeah, proceed at your own risk. Welcome to another episode of Just Another Fanboy. My name is Steven. What's up? How's it going? I'm doing my thing. How about you? You being good? You being all right out there? You living life? You living large? You're doing your thing? You making that cheese, that cheddar? You paying them bills? You loving somebody? They loving you back? How's life? I don't know where I'm going with this. I'm just doing it. I'm just saying it. Sometimes that happens. I have an agenda. I hit record and I stray. That's, that's something you should be used to by now. The tangenting, the straying, the talking for no real purpose at all. That's what I do. But let's stop that, shall we? Let's do. So I'm today I'm talking about an indie book, an old indie book from 1986 called Elf Lord. This is the first issue, but before I get into it, I just want to remind everybody that you can pre-order my new book, Then a Penguin Walked In, and other tall tales. You can go out there and pre-order that ebook now for just $2.99 before it releases on December 4th at $4.99. You can do that over at penguin.stevenorelse.com. Another reminder... If you listen to other shows that I do besides this one, I've got this one, I've got Stephen or else, I've got Event or else. If you listen to all three of those shows, I urge you to go out and subscribe to the Everything or Else feed because you're going to get all three shows there on one feed. Everything or Else, the one feed you're ever going to need. All right, so Elf Lord number one, this is from 1986. And it comes from a publisher called Aracel, and I believe they were out of Canada. Don't there's I'm not I'm not trying to say that disparagingly. I got nothing against Canadians, okay? Don't try to read something that's not there, is what I'm trying to say here. Settle down. This was written by Gordon Derry with art by Barry Blair and letters by Elwyn Mark. Okay, so this was a book that came out after ElfQuest started becoming popular. 
And it was one of those books that I just picked up off the shelf one day while I was in a comic book store because the cover looked freaking awesome. I will be putting the cover out there on Instagram and on Twitter. You'll see it as the cover art to this episode when I post about this episode on Twitter and on Instagram, and you'll see it on the website. But I just fell in love with the cover right away. I found out as I was reading, I can't remember how I found out about it. Maybe I ran into some in some back issue bins. But there were, uh, this is like volume two of Elf Lord. There were some other there was another series, a small run series before this that was all black and white. This is uh, this one's in color. And uh, so I did go back and I think I found most of the issues through the back issue bins back in the day. I'll have to go look through the attic and see what I've got up there. But I found them all on Comixology. So let me tell you a bit about the world of Elf Lord. And I'm going to read to you from the inside front cover. It says, welcome to the mystical realm of Elf Lord. It is a world of awesome beauty and chilling terror. Goblins, sprites, and demons lurk in every grove, hide behind every shifting shadow, waiting to strike at the noble elves. But elvish fury is a force to be reckoned with. So this is a world full of elves. And unlike Elf Quest, these elves are not built the same way. It's it was really confusing at first to my young teenage mind when I first started reading this because you have a lot of people in the book that look human. They're built like humans. They're built like freaking barrels and these big sturdy arms and these giant heaving chests. And, you know, they look like Arnold Schwarzenegger, but they got pointy ears. But then you have like the main character, his name is Hawk, and he's very elfish looking, very elvish. He's very thin and lithe and like a willowy reed and and his uh companion windblade is also built that he looks like a like a freaking teenage boy so the the elves in this world come in all shapes and sizes and colors so that's pretty cool now this issue is about hawk and his 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 companion uh windblade windblade is a white-haired elf which means he can do magic he's fairly new at it he's not very good at it and for some reason, most folk don't, they don't trust the white-haired elves. They don't, they hold no truck when it comes to magic. And so Hawk and Windblade, they're out on this quest. As the issue opens up, they're looking for this, I think it was called Rune Island, uh, an island of stones, so that maybe Windblade can learn more about his magical powers. And they go to this village uh, and they ask this blacksmith, they're like, hey, yo, uh, we're looking for this island. And the blacksmith's like, yeah, it's out there in the swamp. But no one's going to help you go out there. No one's going to help you at all because you've got a white-haired elf with you. And we think that they suck. And uh, then, of course, a bunch of big guys come out. And they're like, hey, you little white-haired elf. I don't want you coming around here anymore. How about we? Uh, how about we kill you? And, of course, Hawk draws his sword, and he's like, you can try, I suppose. I don't care how many of you there are, but uh, I'm gonna, I'm, we're going to fight back because it's what we do. Then the blacksmith intervenes, and he says, come on, fellas, let's not, let's not bother these boys. Let's let them just be on their way. But mark my words, Mr. Swords, Elfman, and White-Haired Elf Boy Man Things, 
No one's going to help you, so you might as well skedaddle. Well, they go off to the swamp, and they go to this dock, and they can see, I guess there's the islands out there. They can kind of see it, and but, but nobody's going to help them. They, they, they go around the village. Nobody's going to help them. No one's going to give them a boat. There's no boats to be had. There's no boats to be rented. No one's going to ferry them over to the island. So they end up just sitting there on the dock, sitting on the dock of the bay, till finally... As night falls, it's like every dude in the village comes to this dock to kill the two of them. Hey, hey, hey little white-haired elf, we're going to kill you because you're different than us and we don't like it. So we're just going to kill you because that's how we deal with things. And there's a big fight. And it's really, it's the art. I'm not sure how to describe the art. It's, it's obviously um, an indie book. You can just tell the art's not not quite top notch, but it's good. It's it's uh it's nice looking. It's not bad. I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to. I, I just don't want to compare it to uh, some of the dudes that are out there today. It's it does what it's supposed to do. It meets the the uh, it it gives the book a certain um, feeling. I can't imagine at this point this book being done by anybody else. Let's put it that way. But when it comes to the fight scenes, they're very graphic, but almost cartoony at the same time. Like there's a there, there's a moment where Hawk cuts off one of the guy's arms and there's there's, you know, just it's the blood splash. But it's I'm sure it's meant to look savage and gory. And it is. But at the same time, it's almost kind of cartoony. There's a point where uh, Hawk throws this dagger at one of the dudes and it goes through his head and the guy's just this he's just looking at you and he's like Duh! and he's got this knife just right through his head so it's it doesn't look like it's trying to be funny it's just that's how it kind of comes out if that makes any sense so as they're fighting these these uh the villagers or or hawk is because windblade can't really do much he's just kind of eh, oh my what do i do i can't ooh my magical powers they're not there oh my goodness and this this boat comes out of the swamp with this cloaked figure on it and he's like get in the boat i'll take you come on go and they all they both jump in the boat and they have a small there's there's a very little conversation in the boat they find out that whoever is this is in the cloak that we can't see his name is storm so they go to the island, and there's a ring of stones, and Windblade gets in the middle of them, and right away he's just freaking ensnared by this mystical energy, and he's floating in the air, and he's like, oh my goodness, it's got me, I don't know what to do, oh my, what do I do, what do I do? And Hawk's like, uh, <laughs> I don't know, because I can't get to you, because this magical energy, and I can't, I can't pass the barrier, it won't let me, you gotta, you gotta fight it, man, and Windblade's like, oh, dear, oh, me. And then, but he fights it and he gets free. And suddenly a wizard appears. And this guy is human. And I don't remember his name, but he basically tells them that he has this, this ability to walk uh, between the worlds. And he can't quite control it. He was at home having tea. And suddenly now he's here with them. So he's not from this world. He's, he is a wizard. But he's a human, and I don't know, I can't recall at all if there are humans at all in this world, but he is, it, we're assuming he's human because he's got rounded ears. That's really the only difference between him and everybody else in the book, is that his, his ears are round. Then suddenly these demon werewolf-looking creatures attack, 
and the boatman comes to help them and he rips off his cloak and he's an elf warrior. He looks very much like Hawk, just dressed differently. And they, they, he's like, I've come to help you. And, and uh, you find out that there was this elite cadre of elven warriors that Hawk is a descendant of. And this guy is one of them. And they all have these missions in life. And they decide amongst themselves, you know, with, with their own soul, with their own, their own heart, what their mission in life is going to be. And I guess this mission, guy's mission in life was to, because when these white-haired elves, when these wizard elves, these magic elves come to this island... They are ensnared by the magic and it plays upon their selfish desires. And if you are not a good person and you're a very selfish person and all you crave is power, you turn into one of these demon things. And so Storm is there to watch out for any white-haired elf that can overcome these selfish desires and not turn into one of these demon things and then protect them. And what he's protecting them from are all these demon werewolf-looking things who were at one time white-haired elves who, who were overcome by their selfish desires and gave themselves to the magic, and now they're demons, and they want to, uh, like vampires, suck the magic out of Windblade. So there's a big fight. Storm is killed, but he's, he's pretty happy about it. He's pretty content because he, he, his mission in life was apparently to protect Windblade, and he did so. So he'd been working all his life for this one battle to say to protect him once, and then he dies, and he's like, yes, I can die contentedly now. And then uh, the wizard and Windblade and Hawk, they leave, and they, they go venture out into the world. And that's how the issue ends. So again, I picked this book up off the shelf at a comic book store simply for the cover. The, the guy who did the art in the book is the same guy who did the art on the cover. Yet, at the same time, the style of art on the cover is not quite the same as it is in the interiors. If, if anything, the cover looks much better than the interiors. The interiors are good. Don't get me wrong. They're fine. They're great. They're enjoyable. I like them. But it's kind of, you know, nowadays you, you're kind of used to that because a lot of times nowadays, a lot of these big books, Marvel and DC, they will hire somebody else to do the cover. And so... What you're seeing on the cover, not only does it not depict anything that's going to happen in the book, you could have Wolverine, for example, standing by a motorcycle with the cowboy hat on, smoking a cigar, and then in the entire issue, uh, there's, there, there's no time in the issue that Wolverine is shown out of costume with a cigar or with a motorcycle. But that's, that's what the cover is. And then to add what I feel is insult to injury, the art on the cover is done by somebody completely different. So not only does it not depict anything that you're going to see in the book, it does not depict the level of art or the style of art that you're going to see in the book. And I've always, I may be setting my ways. I may be an old man that doesn't hold no truck to these modern ways, but I've always felt that that was a, that, that that was not a good practice. You should, you should not be uh cause, cause, you judge a book by its cover, right? A lot of times you want to look at the cover of a book and go, okay, this is the book that I want. And then you pick it up and you open it up and you start looking at it and you're like, nope, nope, this is not the book that I want. I want the art that was on the cover, not the art that's in the interior. So whatever. But 
I really kind of fell in love with Elf Lord back then. See, 86, I probably I would have been a freshman in high school by that point. Depending on what time what what time of the year it came out, I could have been I could have been ending my 8th grade year or starting my ninth grade year. But I probably would have been a freshman because by that point I was driving. And I don't recall going to the comic book store and collecting comics before I started driving and had a job. So it had to have been my freshman year. Anyway, uh, I'm delving into realms I don't want to delve into. This is another path down my journey through fantasy, this book. I I have been grabbing a lot of different fantasy comics out of comiXology and trying them out. And just like with any other genre, it's really hit or miss. Some of them seem really good, and then you start reading them, and they're not good at all. Some of them are, are great, and I'm going to talk about more as, as, as we go. But I really wanted to talk about F- Elf Lord. I don't know if anybody listening to this podcast will even remember that book or would have even read it. I go and I look for it online, and the, the, the artist, for example, he's got a Wikipedia page, but the comic itself does not. And I, I've, I found, because I wanted to see what kind of information I could find about the book, and I, I, I would find basically a lot of comic book websites selling the books. So I don't know how popular the book really became. Um, it didn't last for very long. It stayed through Aerosel. Um, Aerosel kind of made a name for itself with, um, I don't remember the title, but they, but Dale Keown was the artist on one of their books. And he of course went on to fame and fortune by drawing the Hulk. And then he did pit for image comics. So I remember various books on the shelf from this comic book company. I didn't really read a lot of them. My brother did. I think my older brother read a few of them. But uh, I picked this book primarily up. I, I picked this book up primarily because I was really into ElfQuest and I really liked the cover. And I was I was happy with the story. But I couldn't, other than this first issue that I've just recently read, I could not tell you anything else about this story. And so I really got to sit down and start reading all these books. And again, this is volume two. I bought uh, volume one, which was maybe five to six comics Volume two was like maybe three to four comics. And then there was like one or two of a volume three, I believe, if I remember correctly. But I haven't gone back to read any of them. And I don't remember anything about them. I just remember uh, when I saw that cover on Comixology, I said, oh, my goodness, that was my jam. So, uh, yeah, I got to get I got to get back and, and, and read all of them again to see if see if they ever ended, see if they ever went anywhere. Cause I feel like they didn't, I feel like they just kind of just ran out of steam because, cause there's not that many of them. And I don't mean that as in this was just a three issue arc. And then this volume is done. I just feel like it just kind of, I know that the first volume there's an arc and I feel like the second volume there's an arc, but I don't know if the, if there is, I can't remember if there's a third volume or not. And if there is, if it went anywhere, Elf Lord volume two issue number one, is my comic of the day. Be nice to each other. Bye. Just Another Fanboy is a presentation of the Stephen or Else podcast. Questions and comments can be directed to feedback at stephenorelse.com. You can support the show for as little as a dollar a month at patreon.com slash stephenorelse and get instant access to the My Other Podcast podcast. 
a weekly show about whatever crawls its way into my tiny little mind just moments before I tap record. You can find me on the World Wide Web at StephenOrElse.com or find me on Twitter and Instagram by searching for at StephenOrElse. I also encourage you to subscribe to the show, leave us a five-star review, and share this episode with a friend. Just Another Fanboy is a proud member of the Comics Podcast Network. You can find that over at ComicsPodcasts.com. All links will be in the show notes. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. 